0: Welcome back into the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Today I am talking with Kira all about mom guilt and shame and all of the wonderful things that uh, as moms aren't talked about often enough. So with that being said, welcome in to the podcast, Kira. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So before we dive in, can you tell us more about yourself, who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah. So I am, I'm a mom to a newly three-year-old. And I think anyone that has had a three-year-old, particularly a three-year-old daughter, she's like three and 13 at the same time. So we're navigating the beautiful wonder of her personality. She's this empathetic, kind, deep person who then also out of nowhere you go, I don't know what happened, but we're in an altered reality and now everything feels hard. So I'm I would say I'm leading with that as the sort of dominant role of my life because it's the one that's inviting me to learn the most right now. And I think really explore how to be the best version of myself each day, given what I have. I also own my own business and I'm a licensed mental health therapist. So I work really with people in the therapy room. But a lot of what I do now is kind of taking what I know as a therapist and bringing it out into public, for lack of better words. But really, it's thinking. You know, especially right now, sort of in and post pandemic, depending on how people define this period of transition that we're in right now, it's getting in to see a therapist and finding the right therapist are really tricky things to do. So, really wanting to say, hey, this is what I do in the room. How can I give you some tools and resources to support you from someone that is licensed, knows what they're talking about in this front? And so, Now a lot of my work is in coaching, running my program that I do and doing a lot of more public facing work to help people feel like, okay, I can take a breath. This is hard. I think a lot of the other things that I really think about is the sort of propensity for quick fixes, which we know as moms, this comes up a lot of how do I cross this off my to-do list, solve it, do the thing. And so a lot of my work now is in saying, this is never going to go away. We'll get into this when we talk about shame This is a lifelong journey and experience. It's an iterative process. So now it's really about helping people reframe how do I solve this to how do I integrate this into my life? How do I live my best life given all of these things and stop seeing them as obstacles, but invitations in different ways.
0: Oh, so, so good. And I I can completely relate to the um, three-year-old thing. Yeah. <laughs> I raised two little ladies through that period and we have uh-huh. them three-nagers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's, it's a struggle. And there are days when it's like, oh my gosh, you know, who mm-hmm. are you? Like you can be so sweet mm-hmm. one second and then the next it's just, but yeah been there. So I can totally relate. And now mine are both in elementary school. So it's like, I have a little breathing room. And then, you know, it's after school that it it all breaks loose. And, you know, it's just, again, you just kind of navigate it. But I love that you touched upon the mental health background too, because that is so important in navigating motherhood is really making the time for our mental health. You know, we hear so much about okay, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing mm-hmm. that, you need to be eating this, you need to be eating that. But unless our minds are okay, and unless our mental health is optimal, that's really going to feed into every single aspect of our lives. So I love how you talk about, okay, let's stop looking for these quick fixes and let's mm-hmm. learn how to integrate this. So and I kind of brings us to our topic.
1: So Mm -hmm. some of
0: this, let's talk about shame first. So how does shame play into the whole role of motherhood and what we're navigating?
1: Yeah. So I think it's always helpful to make sure we're kind of using the same definition. I think a lot of us have heard this word now. I think especially in more recent years, I think the Brene Brown sort of uptick and everyone, you know, has maybe read a book or heard her name, but I think there's still some confusion about what shame as an emotional experience is. So shame is a universally experienced emotion. Every one of us has it. We all move through it. It's like sadness, happiness, anger. We've got it. Shame is a very specific subset of fear, and it's the fear of not belonging or of disconnection. The fear of not being good enough, not being worthy of connection, not being chosen, of being chosen and then being rejected and it really stems to, so my clinical background is in cognitive behavioral therapy. And so in CBT, we talk about something called your core belief. I think a lot of people have heard this more as a limiting belief, but the idea is that when we're born, we try to make sense of the world. You're doing this from the time you're an infant all the way up to you know us now and people kind of going into you know the last few years of their life. You're constantly trying to understand the world and your place in it. So your core belief is kind of your innermost belief about yourself and how you find your place in this world. Well, for people that are in a system, in a culture, in a society that really says, hey, there's there's a ladder here. These people are treated better or differently. People respond to you differently if you look X or Y way, whether that's skin color, gender identity, your body size, but also our actions. So when we're really little, it could be our behaviors as little kids. Again, my daughter gets every time we're somewhere, she's constantly being told how adorable she is. She's so sweet. She's so kind. She's treated differently than my friend with a 3 year old son who acts a little bit different in those settings. Some of it could be gender, some of it could be their personality, but the input they're getting is that based on how I act, there's again, a ladder system of how I'm going to be accepted. So for all of us, we have that from the time that we were little, we started to create a belief of, okay, I'm not worthy or good enough unless I get the grades, have the body type, hang out with this group of friends, wear these clothes. If we all go back to middle school and high school, we know those decision points that we made. And then as we get older, the system gets more complex. And with each new role, it's a new set of rules and systems. And so internally, there's this feeling of, okay, so at my core, if I'm just me and I'm not trying to achieve or trying to meet these standards, I'm not good enough. Instead, I have to constantly be meeting them. And that's where shame comes in. Shame basically comes in and says, look, I got all the answers. If you do this, if you act this way, if you look this way, if you do these things, I'll give you a signal every time that there's a risk and then you just enact one of these things and you'll be okay. So for all of us, we've been doing this our whole life. I go back to, again, the middle school moment when you pretend you like a song, when you pretend that you want to hang out with this group of people, you don't say something when you think someone's being mean because you don't want to be kicked out of the in-group. All these little ways that this happens, well, we're sort of ripe for that as moms, that the instant we become moms in whatever way, shape, or form that comes to be we are met with the demands of an unrealistic expectations and a role that we simultaneously put up on a pedestal and yet are constantly feeling dumped on for. So shame is just kind of ripe within that. So for all of us, it's, you know, Instagram told you that you should be able to rotate your books and have the toys on the right size shelf and you should be able to have your kids doing this. And if you're not doing the baby lead weaning in this way and shape and form, what's wrong with you? Because look, it's all here. It's accessible. And then you should be able to manage the household work. You should be able to do this and thrive in your business. What do you mean? I had an eight-figure month. Why did you not? And so the the shame sort of got bigger for us with the expansion of social media and the idea that the quick fixes are now in TikTok reels the quick fixes are now in the Instagram posts in the way that we're seeing it in these bite-sized pieces on top of generational and sort of intergenerational shame that we've inherited as moms that we should be able to do it all and have it all and want it all and, you know, all the alls without ever needing anything else besides that.
0: Oh my gosh, like mic drop, boom. <laughs> I mean, that, but that really, truly encompassed all of the thoughts and feelings and it makes sense as to why we're almost being conditioned yeah for this now and it's it's kind of scary when you think about it you know you take mm-hmm. that step back and it's like what are we doing? Like, mm-hmm. why? But yeah, we're constantly seeking that external validation and thinking, "Oh, this is going to be the quick fix that changes everything." Oh, if I'm not, if I don't have my kids' books arranged in the colors of the rainbow, I'm not a good mom. When right. that could be so far away from the truth, right? So, number one, how do we even start to identify these these thoughts creeping up in our our lives?
1: I think the first thing that I would invite everyone to do is to just, there's a concept called radical acceptance, which is accepting the things that we can't change and learning to focus on the things that we can. You have shame. You can't change that. You can't control that. Again, if you are a human, you experience shame. So I think step one is just to know this is a part of your story and it is affecting you and the decisions that you're making every single day. And again, I say this as a mom, I specialize in this and I am still functioning out of shame, even though I do this all day long. And so just really allowing yourself permission to say, I experienced this. This doesn't mean I am broken or failing or I can't keep up with the system. It means I'm human. I cannot outrun this. This is just a part of being human. I think the second thing is to really start to consider when we're doing something, how much of that is coming from a pressured state or an anxious state. So a lot of the work that I do is to help shift from shame-based living, which really is that pressure system. Shame and anxiety are intertwined. They're hand in hand. That's the feeling you have when you get up in the morning and you are simultaneously telling yourself that you should be doing this meditation practice and journaling and doing your workout and all this healing stuff. But you're also picking up the toys and you're prepping the lunches and you're getting everything ready for the day. And you're making your list of all the things that you still haven't done that you should be doing and waiting till 8 a.m. till the place is open to make the calls and do the things. So it's that feeling that happens that stops you from being able to be in the present. And then the goal is to shift into what I call values-driven living. The difference is that, you know, I still believe in rotating books. I think it's helpful. I've I've seen the benefit of it, that when I am able to rotate some books and now there's new books downstairs, my daughter re-invites herself to go read those books. If I shift the toys out and she's not overwhelmed with all the toys, it makes a difference but if I don't do it, the difference here is if it's shame-based and I don't do it, I'm constantly feeling the pressure that I haven't do it, done it and I'm telling myself how terrible I am. If it's values-driven, I can say, well, this is really important to me. I want to be able to do this. Maybe I have a little guilt, a little bit of this sense of, gosh, I want to do this. I need to make time for it. But I don't go to sleep at night thinking I'm a bad mom because I haven't rotated her books. So it's a shift in the way it defines us as a self. And so I think it's that piece of starting to recognize you want to do all these things. You feel like you need to do all these things. You should do all these things. So first recognizing how much of it is motivated from should and supposed to. And then the second part is saying, and if I don't, how do I feel? If you didn't clean your kitchen today, why is that bothersome to you? Is it bothersome to you because it really, it unsettles you. It's a value to you. You want to show your kids that it's important to clean up every day. You want them to be a part of the system. Or is it because shame told you that then you're not a good mom, you're not a good you know, household manager, you're not a good partner, you're not a good whatever it is, and you suck. And now the proof is out there for anybody else to see. And if somebody comes to your house tomorrow, now that's going to be the, the primary story in the newspaper is how you clearly aren't good at managing your house. Those are two very different feelings, even if it's the same output of not cleaning your kitchen.
0: Yeah, that's a great visual. Like it just makes sense because that's something I think a lot of us can relate to. And recognition is truly one of the first steps to change. No matter what change in our lives we want to make, we first have to be aware of it before we can even start to think about
1: creating a change. Right, right. And I, I also think, you know, for a lot of us, again, sort of moms and entrepreneurs is, So the biggest thing I think about is when I'm going from a shame based way of functioning, when I'm at work, I'm thinking about what I haven't been doing as a mom or what I should be doing as a mom. So I go into my past or my future. And then when I'm with my kid, I'm thinking about all the stuff I should have been doing at work and then everything else in between. I'm at work thinking about the laundry that should be done. I'm at with my kid thinking about the emails that I need to answer. So what you notice if you're functioning from a place of shame is you are existing in the past and the future. You're not present in the moment. If you are, you're also kind of in this place of shame has this kind of misguided belief, you can do it all and do it all perfectly. So when you, I'm coming off of a cold right now, we're also, we just bought a house. So we are moving houses and it's across the city. It's not new states, but it's like a 40 minute drive each way again with a toddler. My husband works in emergency medicine. He's been gone the last two weeks. My daughter and I were both sick. I've had a lot of stuff coming up. We had hit with a snowstorm in the Pacific Northwest that pushed everything about a week behind. Shame, in those moments when the context of my life looks pretty hard and challenging, shame says that's not an excuse. You still need to be able to do everything with the same expectations of if you had none of that happening. Contextual living or values-driven living says, hey, We need to talk about how this integrates into your life right now. Given the fact that all these things are going on, it's not reasonable, feasible, or enjoyable to try to do it all. So instead, for all of us, it's thinking, so when you're constantly going, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing this, I should have been doing this, are you factoring in context? And are you allowing yourself to say, I can be both a business owner, an entrepreneur, I can work in the corporate world, I can go do these things, and I can be a great mom. I can't ask myself to only be filling one cup at all time and excel to this point. What does integrated living look like? And what does the best mean when I put them both together and I pair them together? So if I can step back and say, context, everything's a little harder right now. My best looks different, not because I'm not being perfect, but because I'm saying how I'm going to show up to allow myself to be the best version of me means living, giving breathing room and living within the realities of an integrated system. So then I say, gosh, I am going to show up and do my work really well for the hour that I have today. And then when I'm a mom the rest of the day and I'm with my daughter, I'm going to show up and be the best I can be there. And I'm not going to ask myself to borrow from time in the future or time from my past. I'm going to be okay being present now. So when I go there in the future, I can know that I gave it my all as a mom. So now when I'm in my business, I can give it my all there.
0: Absolutely beautiful. What strategies do you use to keep yourself present? In those moments,
1: one of the things that I think is helpful kind of in a longer term strategy, again, going back to this idea that we all have shame is to do a values identification exercise and we can put I created one we can put in the show notes for people to use but it's basically a tool to define your key values. And so what are your five? For me, I focus on five at a time and it doesn't mean you don't value more things, but it's saying, okay, I'm going to pick these things. These are going to be my primary focal points. What I do when I'm looking at sort of my week, my roles is I think about how are the actions the thoughts, the feelings, the connections, all of these aspects of self feeding into each of the five values? And how am I making sure that I'm not overvaluing one over the other or allowing shame-based values to creep in? So one of the things that I think a lot about is, again, from a business standpoint, I I love connection. I want to continue to connect with people. I want people to have these resources available. I know that when I'm on social media, I don't function from a place of value. I function from a place of shame. And when I was doing that more, when I was on Instagram, when I was on Facebook, when I was on TikTok, I tried briefly, I would lose myself in the drive to get accolades and celebration. It stopped being about the value of showing up and it started being about me being seen and sort of my ego coming forward. And then shame telling me all the time, if I didn't do it, there was something wrong with it. So what I thought about in those moments, once you get clear in your values, is every action you take, every way that you choose to spend your time, you ask yourself, how does this line up with one of my core values? And am I being the person that I want to be if I'm embodying those values when I'm doing those things? So with something like social media, the decision for me was it doesn't have to be an all or nothing for the rest of my life. But right now I'm not able to do that in a way that really fuels me and allows me to embody my values. So I'm going to make a choice not to put that time there right now because it's pulling away from other things. With something else, it might be, I mean, I love my business. If I could work all day long and simultaneously be a mom all day long, I would do those two things, but I can't. And so it's also about, again, going back to this idea of radical acceptance of saying, we can we can do it all within the context of a puzzle they all fit together they're not all operating in silos it's not independent pieces that i'm filling up so what does that look like to bring maximum joy with all the pieces together And how do I make sure, again, I'm not overfilling one value over the other? Because the values I lead with as a mom look a little different than the values I lead with as a business owner. So how do I fill those things up in different ways? And then the last thing I think about is we kind of have this point of, I got to keep doing it. I got to keep doing it. I think about for any of us when we were maybe 18, 21, early 20s, maybe some people listening are at that point, our stamina was a little bit different, like the going out days that like going out till bar time or staying out with your friends really, really late. But there was always a threshold point. And I think about this, even with New Year's Eve, there's this point where everybody's like, we're going to go out, we're going to celebrate, we're going to be out till two, we're going to be out till three. There's a point where it's no longer fun anymore. Like I wish a lot of times I would have gone home at like 10, 30 or 11 and been okay with missing the end of the night stuff because it crosses a point where it starts to feel downhill and I lose myself in it. So what I think about now with any activity I'm doing is how do I leave always wanting just a little bit more? How do I leave my work at the end of the day being excited and and wanting a little bit more time so that I'm excited to come back the next time I do it? How with being with my kid? Again, the last few weeks have been really hard. My primary support system and my partner wasn't here very much. My mother-in-law, who also helps us out a lot with our daughter, wasn't here for a period of time. And school was closed a bunch because of the snowstorm. I was overfilled in that cup. And again, I love my daughter. I don't feel the need to defend that. Obviously, anybody that's a mom gets it. I love her. And we reached the peak point. I was like, it's bar time and I need to go home feeling like I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I need a break from you. When you get to that point, you're no longer enjoying it. So I need to get to the point where when I leave time with my daughter, I want more time so that when I show up again, I'm excited to come back. So I think that's the other piece for people is to think about how do we create an integrated life where it's not feeling like, well, I didn't get to do more and I want to do more and I should be doing more and I have to do more. But saying, whatever I'm going to do right now, one, does it line up with my values Am I clear about how it lines up with my values and they're mine, not out of shame, not somebody else's, not the TikToker I'm following, not my parents or, you know, cultural norms. Are they my values? And am I choosing things that line up with that? And when I'm engaging with these things, am I present? Am I constantly being pulled to my past? Am I being pulled to my future? Am I here right now? And then third, when I'm shifting to the next thing I need to do, am I, giving myself permission to be excited to come back to that, but letting it stay, being okay that I'm ending it now and knowing that when I come back to it, I can be excited, but I'm going to let it close now and move on to the next thing and be present and engaged in whatever that thing is.
0: Oh, that is such great advice. And so many things you mentioned. I, I, the first one that really stuck out was, you know, there's going to be trial and error involved when we're trying to fully integrate this and get into more of that integration. But it's not all or nothing. You right. know, it's not going to be just an overnight. You wake up and decide, okay, everything's going to be different. It's going to take some time. It's a process. It's being present in the moment. But that mm-hmm. desire, that leaving you know, a little left so that you are excited to come back to it. Because I think, you know, so many times we're conditioned to think that we can do it all at the same time and you can't, you right. cannot be fully present in your business. And as a mom at the same time, it just doesn't exist. And that's why right. as moms, I think it's so important that we're just, we're giving our businesses focused time, which is hard, but yeah. that's where you have to ask for help. You have to ask right. for help from your tribe. You know, even if it's only 15 minutes, okay, go full force for 15 minutes do that one mm-hmm. thing that will move the needle forward because like you said i think a lot of times social media does condition us for just that external validation it's how many likes shares comments saves like all of those metrics does it really matter you know is right. that what is converting into buyers i mean maybe maybe that plays a part of your your strategy right If you're operating from such a place of shame and letting those feelings take over to the point where the mom guilt is so overwhelming and burdensome, like you're going to be burnt out and that's not a
1: good place to be. And I think it's that piece of like, if you get lost in your business, and I've done this before where you're, I mean, there was a time I think I was offering like... 12 different services or products because it's like, oh, no, no, I have to meet this person's need and this person's need and this person's need. And again, the social media is another example. You're trying to create the picture that everything is going well because of this belief that your business is only legitimate if it looks a certain way, if you're making a certain amount of money, if you're spending this much time working on it. So that all comes from shame and sort of a laundry list of this is what it looks like to run a business successfully. On the flip side, it's the same with the parenting. Again, if you're the one that's cleaning up your house all the time, rotating the books, you've got the perfect setup, you've got you know the color-coordinated outfits and all these things, if that's a value to you, you should absolutely do it because it's yours. You get to do that. But if you're doing it so that the person that's coming in to your house, again, whether that's another mom that sees you out there or it's because you feel like you need to for the picture, that's what shame makes us focus on. Shame makes us focus on the performance. I just finished watching the Elvis movie, that came out like a year ago. And I just was thinking a lot about that, of the story of so many people internally versus the performance that they put out on stage. And you can see these things. And I think that's the piece is asking yourself, you know, for all of us, whether people have toddlers right now or you've had toddlers in the past, we all know the why stage. Why? 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 I think for us, it's going back to that internally. So everything that we put on our list, asking ourselves why, why? Every time we feel like I should do this, I need to be doing this, I'm supposed to doing this, you get 15 minutes and your brain is scattered all over the place. Why? Why are all these things happening? And I think getting really clear on who we're doing these things for and being okay when the choices that we're making are for us and not for anybody else. And I think that's really tricky. And it's really tricky because we're taught if you're going to be a a mompreneur again, it has to look a certain way on both sides and it doesn't. And it's this notion. And then you get the fuel of, but your kids are young for such a short period of time. Don't you just want to be with them all the time? I don't. I don't. I don't want to be with my daughter all the time. I love her and I'm a great mom. I do not want to be a mom all the time. Also that like, don't you want more kids? Don't you want to do this? I don't. I don't, and I'm okay with that. But it took a long time to be okay with those things. As a business owner, you know, you should be doing this. What about this? You should go to this meeting. You should connect with this person. You should be on this podcast. Pausing and, again, coming back to what do I want to do for me? Who is my authentic self, and how does that translate into my business? And when I'm doing it, how do I make sure I'm leading from that place, that I'm creating the impact I want to create? And I think that is really, if we can center on those questions, takes away the noise. So the person that is doing social media... I know. I mean, you use social media. You have a very different relationship with it than I do. For me, I had to make that choice because I couldn't be authentic to myself in that I got lost in the performance. You might not do that, or you might've gone through your own iterative process to get there. So it's not comparing to, well, this person has this many million followers or this many views and they're making this much money. It's saying at the end of the day, am I putting something out in the world that's true to me and making an impact in the way I want? And can I be okay really? the pressure that it has to translate to some quantitative data point for it to be okay.
0: Oh, that is so good because yes, when we can just release the pressure and do what works for us, embrace our lives, ourselves, and just accept it come from a place of self-acceptance mm-hmm. and move past that shame that's buried deep down inside every single one of us. That right there, that's where we start to thrive. And I just, oh my gosh, this was such a powerful conversation that all of us need to hear over and over and over. So save this episode and listen to it as many times as you need, because these things that you're feeling, you're not alone. We have all been there. We are all dealing with a lot of these emotions and thoughts and feelings. But build a business that feels good for you. Live a life that feels good for you. This is your life. Live it. And I agree with you. You know, I love my girls to death. I do. Mm -hmm. I could not be a full-time stay-at-home mom. But there are other women, they love that. That is their thing. But I am of the belief, like, being a mom makes me a better business owner. I'm a better business owner because I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. But that works for me. So just really knowing what those values are that he touched upon and doing what feels good to you. That is such a game changer. I love it. So Kira, where can we learn more? How can we
1: get into your world? I would say the best place to go is my website. So adversityrising.com. You can find all the different things that I do, link to there, and then my YouTube channel. I post a video every week I think a big thing that I really like is connecting through video so we can see each other and doing those things. So different topics. And I love to hear from people if you're like, Hey, this is a, this really resonated with me. This is a question I have, or this is where I'm getting stuck. And then that helps me create content that really feels supportive and helpful. And so on my website, there's an opportunity. You can just send me an email, connect with me. I'm the one that answers them all. So if there's something that is coming up for anybody, anything you want to find out more about, just let me know.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share with our community. It really does mean the world
1: to all of us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be a part of it and to be helping spread the message that you've been doing and all of your episodes and the work that you do. Oh,
0: thank you so much. All right, mamas, until next time, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode.